You're listening to the Building Stronger Agents podcast, where we interview the top solo agents, team leaders, and brokers across the country to see what makes them thrive in today's market and beyond. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the current episode of Building Stronger Agents podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing one of my friends in my marketplace, uh, Justin Jersick. Um, Justin, there's two words we hear in our business, uh, taking, well, not words, but action and consistency. And Justin uh, has mastered those. Uh, he works on his business every bit as much as he works in his business. And because of that, he's created an excellent uh, practice for himself. He's a solo agent. Everyone else is talking about teams and Justin is still a solo agent. And uh, he's been in the business since 2013. Last year, he sold 47 homes on his own. And um, Justin prospects every day. So today we're going to get into, you know, what is it that he does every day so that maybe uh, if you're not prospecting or if you'd like to do better, uh, you can listen to this champ because uh, he's he's doing really well at it. So without further ado, Justin, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. I know you just got engaged. Congratulations. And um, thank you. Tell us, you've been in the business since 2013. Um what got you in the business? You know, what got you here? Yeah, so I think like most agents, um, I got into the business. Um, I would say I got into the business by mistake. <laughs> I didn't really know exactly what I was getting into when I did it. Um, at the time, I was like 24, 25 years old. Um, I was working my first real job uh, out of college, and it was very corporate and it was just a terrible fit for me. Um, I didn't like it at all. And I figured um, I'm still relatively young. And if I was going to try to start my own business or get into real estate, I figured might as well just do it now and see if I can make it happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the time, no, I didn't really realize all the work that goes along with it. And I think if I knew then what I knew now, I don't know if I would still have done it. But I guess that's kind of uh, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I think we both have to agree that when this when this business as a realtor, a real estate agent is done well, um, and you have a good work life balance, then there, as far as I'm concerned, there's no there's no other uh, business that is uh, like ours where it's pretty much recession proof. Homes sell, you know, in the worst of times, in the best of times. And as long as you get out there and take your part, then you're going to be successful. Which leads into uh, one of the main things that we're going to talk about today, which is prospecting. So what, you know, so many agents react in their businesses and they just spend their days taking phone calls, solving problems. How did you get to the point? What made you not be like that? Like, how did you get to the point where you took control of your business? Because, you know, share that with us. Um. Yeah. So as far as like me taking control of my business, um, I know it happened gradually. So, I mean, I've been in the business now for about nine years and I mean, it really developed over time. Um, but over the last few years, just naturally staying in the business, getting busier, having like the repeat and referral clients, um, work with you more and then just having my units grow, I had to figure out a way to do things more efficiently. 
And um, so that kind of made me realize I can't be so reactive in the way I run my business. Um, I mean, for a long time, um, just, I think, kind of natural talent ran my business, where now it's um, the business is structured, my schedule is structured. And um, there's just a few main things that I have to do every week. But if I can do those consistently, everything else falls into place. So let's talk about those few main things. So anyone listening, what what is it that you do that makes it important? that makes you have a successful week? Yeah, so the first thing is, is uh, getting control of your schedule. And that's just not like with your business schedule, but your life schedule too. Um, one of, I don't forget where I heard this, but um, one, I guess, business pillar that you can kind of live off of is your business grows to the extent that you do. Um, I also saw recently a quote um, where, um, when you reach a goal, it's not so much the fact that you achieved your goal, but the person that you had to become to achieve that goal, because you can't achieve your goals, um, with the same being the same, if you want to like grow to a higher goal or get to the next level, you have to change as a person to get to those levels. So it's not, so, I mean, the goal setting is great. Um, Achieving your goals is great, but looking back and seeing the person that you had to become to achieve those goals is probably the most satisfying uh, part of all. Um, and one of the big things for me was just getting my life in order, not being reactive, um, but being more proactive. And when you shift into that mindset, you realize, all right, what are the top things you have to do every day? So the first thing that I did was... Um, I structured my schedule where I focused on me and my business before noon. So usually my schedule looks something like this, uh, 545 to six o'clock, I'm up 630 to 730. I go to the gym, um, 730 to eight, uh, kind of get ready for the day and just, you know, clean up, brush teeth, shower, all that stuff. Um, eight to 830, um, I guess would be my first lead gen activity. And it's something that if I don't do it right off the bat, it just doesn't get done. And um, that is uh, five handwritten note cards to, it could be literally anyone. Um, usually it's uh, past clients, uh, listing leads. Um, it could even be circle prospecting around a listing or a sale, just writing a handwritten note to the neighbor saying, hey, I just sold this home. If you need anything at all, let me know and drop a business card in there. Um, so that's 8 to 8.30. 8.30 to 9.30 is usually um, like busy work, any um, like pending deals or any business stuff that like absolutely has to get done at the beginning of the day. There's an uh, hour window to clean that stuff up so I'm not distracted when I move on to the lead gen part of the morning. So uh, 8.30 to 9.30 is really just busy work and kind of getting anything uh, cleaned up that I need to get cleaned up for the day. Um, 9.30 to 9.45 is usually like um, like a light breakfast. Uh, after I work out, I have a protein shake. And then by 9.30, I usually just have like, just like some, like a piece of fruit. And that's about it. Uh, I like to keep it light uh, in the mornings. So then um, 9.45 to 11.45, um, at that time is reserved for phone calls. 
Um, so uh, typically what those phone calls are, are uh, circle prospecting to uh, like geo leads um, or like anything around a listing or a sale that, um, that I've done, um, cold call neighborhoods and really just, you know, say, hey, um, the script is, is actually pretty easy. It break, breaks down into three parts, introduction, piece of value, and then um, ask if there's anything you can do for them. Um, obviously, introduction, you want to let people know who you are. Um, the piece of value, this is a big part. Um, it kind of separates you from not looking like you're just out there like combing neighborhoods for business, but you're actually there to serve. Um, so the piece of value is you either just listed a home, you just sold a home and you want to let the neighborhood know about it. Um, or it can be like, uh, I don't know, like any like market detail, uh, but something that has to pertain to like that specific community or neighborhood. Um, but usually it's like just listed, just sold for me. And then um, let them know uh, about like the sale or the listing and then move into seeing if there's anything I can do for them. Um, one thing that I did learn um, at the corporate job that I was at that I didn't really like um, was there's two types of phone calls. You, you can make sales calls or you can make service calls. And um, I take the service call approach um, because it's a lot easier to pick up the phone when you know you're not directly like trying to sell someone or if you're just there trying to serve the community, it's a lot easier to make the calls and people are a lot more receptive to them. Um, Absolutely. So that's usually the phone call period. Um, 11.45 to noon is um, any um, any callbacks that I had during that time. I'll call or any missed calls. I'll call people back or I'll text them. Um, and then um, by noon, if I've accomplished all of that, then I'll have lunch and I'll take any meetings in the afternoon or the evening. But if I can get to noon every day like that, um, then I consider um, I consider that a successful day or a winning day. You know, I've already won the day at that point by noon. So let me stop you real quick. I want to go back to the calls. So for those agents who haven't prospected before and everyone gets nervous about making calls or cold calling or whatever, at the end of the day, agents that have the most success in our business are the ones that have the most conversations. And conversations don't have to be asking someone for something. So I, there's two things I want to talk about real quick. You mentioned circle prospecting and geo farming. Was that it? Yeah, I mean, essentially, they're the same thing. You're right, so uh, what, identifying what is, a location and you're okay, marketing. There you go. And what are like, how do you find these people? What are you what are you using? There's a variety of different, um, I guess, like data collection companies. Um, Red X is what I use. But I think there's like Mojo or Vulcan or other companies too. Um, Espresso Agent. Um, we use Red yeah, X. I use, Red, I use Red X though. I use a single dialer. Um, I just can't get my head around a triple dialer, like trying to call somebody back or doing like that. But one at a time, I definitely would suggest using the dialer because then um, it just powers you through those calls. And then, uh, then you're thrown. <laughs> right. So what is, um, do you have any particular goals like in the course of the day or over the week in terms of like, do you, 
do you manage the number of conversations or the number of, uh, I know you've got a weekly email. I'd like to talk about that a bit. But do, so when you're having these calls, what is, obviously you're coming from a servant's heart. We've talked about that before. And that's the most important thing. Anyone who's listening to this, call up, say, hey, um, my name's Will Penny. I'm a realtor. I'm not calling to sell you anything. Uh, we've just found that most people like to know what's going on in their neighborhood. So I thought I'd take an hour today and just call people in your neighborhood and let you know we just sold the house at 123 Oak Street and it was 230,000. Um, just wanted to let you know. Uh, by the way, we had a ton of activity on that house. Do you by chance know anyone in the area that's thinking about moving because we've still got buyers? And they say no. And you say, okay, what's your situation? Are you, are you, you're not thinking about moving, I'm sure. I usually try to do the negative spin. And then they say, no, we're not. And I say, okay, would, would you like to know about uh, continued information or uh, activity in the neighborhood? I can, uh, we, we can make that happen automatically so no one pesters you. And then I just try to get an email. Isn't that what you try to do? Yeah, I mean, my phone calls are, are much briefer than that. Um, most people don't like getting interrupted during their day by a realtor. Yeah. Um, so it's very get to the point with my phone calls. Um, I ask them if there's anything I can do for them. And then that question really flushes out any now business. If you've introduced yourself as a real estate agent and you ask if there's anything you can do for somebody, they immediately just jump to the assumption that, okay, do you want to sell my house? Um, right. And then, you know, if, you know, if, if that's something that's on their mind, they will bring it up. Um, most times people say no, and uh, no, there's nothing you can do for me right now. Um, and then at that point, I just say, hey, well, listen, you never know, maybe five, 10 years down the line, you might want to make a move, or there might be something I can do for you. Uh, how about I just send you an email with uh, with all my contact info so you have it on file uh, for whenever you need it. And then um, usually just get their contact info and then try and stay in touch with them with my weekly email. And if you so basically your process is um, and I don't the one thing I would say, because most most agents aren't calling like that. So they're not it's not like they're getting I mean, I never get a call like that. Right. Most so, agents aren't calling, period. Correct. So <laughs> most agents and, aren't even calling. I, I've actually had a lot of success over time with my little speech, which is a little bit longer. The point is. It, for anyone's listening, if you just call up and you're nice to people and you give them something of value, which is usually a sales activity in the in the area or a new listing in the area, the details of that sale, you're rarely going to ever get rejection. Would you agree with that? Um, I mean, you just got to follow the bell curve of you know, how the numbers play out. So if you do anything professionally, if you play poker professionally, you're playing the odds. It's the same thing. So once you, once you realize what the odds are at that point, it's how many times are you going to roll the dice? I know that um, only 11 to 12% of the people are going to answer. Um, I know that only, you know, 15 to 20% of people are going to be receptive of that, maybe five to 10% are interested in what I have, and maybe the last five might be in the market to do something right now. So it's not even so much about rejection. Once you realize how the numbers play out, um, if somebody's 
just doesn't need a real estate agent or doesn't want to talk to you or whatever, okay, they file them into the 80% that don't need an agent right now or not in the market or whatever, and just move on. Because, I mean, there's a lot of like uh, books on sales. Uh, one of them, like how to get to know or, you know, how many no's do you need to get a yes? And basically you just count your no's and then the, the yeses are inevitable. So it's it comes down to just yeah. playing the odds and then just doing the work. Just, okay, all right, I know that this is the, if I do this for two hours a day, I know the, this is the results I'm going to get. I know I'm going to get about five people to uh, have me give them uh, an email with my contact information. Um, I know I'll probably get two to three listing leads a week. And what I consider a listing lead is um, anyone who's going to sell in the next five years. So then I just kind of, you know, oh, whether it's like six months, a year, five years, I, I follow up with them accordingly. And those are what go into my CRM. But um, I mean, rejection really isn't even a thing to me because you just, you just look at it from their perspective. Anyone who rejects you, they're not rejecting you. They're just rejecting the offer. They don't need a real estate agent right now. That's totally fine. All right. I'm going to look for the person who is. I agree with you, but not everyone's black and white like we are. I always made calls. Even, I mean, back in the day, that's all we were able to do. We didn't have any technology other than a phone and a, and a reverse uh, phone book called the Haynes Directory. But most agents avoid making calls for the same reason that they avoid adopting a new health plan, working out, uh, saving, because they, they feel like it's not going to make a, a difference and they don't, or they feel like it just makes them feel nervous because it's different and they don't like bothering people. And they're, they've got this whole thing in their head about how it's going to go. And they, or they'll say, well, I, they'll wait to be in the right mindset. If, if you wait to be in the right mindset, you'll wait. And I've always found that the worst, like even if you're in a really bad mood or you wake up not feeling like doing anything, if you take action, if you just close your eyes and just take the first step, the mindset follows. Well, like you said, most agents, most agents don't want to make calls. Most agents don't make it in this business. So yeah, yeah, you can exactly. be like most agents or you can do what you have to do to have a winning business. Um, Neither so, one of us are special. I mean, and you're a very direct guy, right? You're And you're successful. You make a very strong six-figure income at a young age. Um, and it's not like I was talking to a guy the other day. He used to be uh, an industrial electrician. He's like, And he said to me, he's like, if I got to make two hours of phone calls a day, he said, there's nothing that I'm going to do in that day where I'm going to get killed. He said, my last job, one wrong move, and I got 400 volts going through my body and I'm dead. Uh, right. Or the guy I was listening to a I was listening to an interview about a month ago, this very successful realtor, and he became very successful from making his 20 phone calls a day, having 20 conversations a day, 100 a week, 410 uh, a month, uh, 1,230 a quarter, right? It adds up over time. It's very compounding. But he used to be, he used to be a tree climber. He cut trees down and he had to take a 60 pound saw into the woods every day and cut down pine trees. He said, 
He had friends of his die every year. He said selling houses and having conversations with people is like really easy. The problem is most of us don't ever put ourselves out to have one of those jobs in the first place to get the perspective to make this look easy. Well, from my perspective, I used to bartend. So I can either make phone calls or, you know, have my real estate conversations and enjoy all the luxuries that come along with being a real estate agent, or I can be scared of failure, scared of rejection, and I can go back and bartend. Nobody rejects a bartender. So, um, That's yeah, right. I mean, unless you don't, unless they're waiting too long, do. unless they're waiting too long for their beer. It's true. Yeah. Or you have to cut them off. <laughs> yeah. Then they reject you. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, I don't ever get to that point because I'm a terrible drinker. I've never gotten good at it. All right, man. So uh, is there anything else that you would share to a new agent that that might get them on the right track? Yeah. So um, be learning oriented. Uh, one of the biggest things for me was um, most of the top agents in like your local market. I mean, they may have time for you, but go. I, I mean, I like a lot of the agents that have YouTube channels and they're putting out a lot of content for free. And you can really basically go from a, you know, a new agent producing nothing up to a $10 million producer based off of just a lot of the free content on YouTube. So become very learning oriented and then identify what your style is and gravitate to the agents on YouTube that have a similar style as yours. And then after that, it's just about being consistent. So um, I will give you a, a book recommendation, um, the 12 week year. Yeah, the 12 week year. Um, I mean, it's a good book. I've listened to it a few times on audiobook. Um, but basically what that does is it, it takes your year and it chops it down into like four quarters and you should set your goals off based off of those quarters. And for 12 weeks, you focus only on your goal whatever it is. Um, and then at the end of 12 weeks, you take a week off and that's your 13th week. This actually happens to be my 13th week. That's why you're actually getting a phone call with me in the morning. If this was on a different, if this was on a different week, we'd be doing this in the afternoon. So I don't change my schedule, but, um, yeah, that's, read the 12 that's week gold, right? That really... That's gold right there. Yeah, I mean, read the 12 week year because that um, that basically teaches you how to stay on task and be consistent and and just start knocking out these goals and you're going to see your productivity go through the roof. I mean, so, yeah, the, the, the biggest uh, suggestions that I have for new agents or any agent out there is be learning oriented and then go apply what you learn consistently. That's the biggest thing real estate agents can't do is they can't be consistent. Most of them can't wake up at the same time every morning, let, let alone do phone calls. So start with consistency. And by the way, that's not because they're real estate agents. That's because they're humans. The, vast, the, the, yeah. the reason that the vast majority of us um, are broke, overweight, unhealthy, uh, divorce is such a high rate, is because we adopt bad habits very easily and we're really good at keeping consistent on those. But it's we find it very hard to get over the hump and the anxiety, the anxiety around adopting a new habit and sticking with it long enough so that you're just in maintenance mode. And I've I've brought this up before. You know, if you start a 30 day uh, push up challenge, well, if you do 50 push ups or 100 push ups a day, 
each day is going to feel like a, a giant waste of time. It just makes you sore, you sweat, uh, and, and nothing really changes in your life. And the same, you do it for two days or three days or even 30 days. But once you get to 90 or 120 days, and it doesn't have to be push-ups, whatever, I'm just making a point, then you're just in maintenance mode. And now you, you're looking good, you're feeling good, you're stronger. So you're not working for today, you're maintaining what you've done. And in prospecting or in our business specifically, staying on your business, if you have 20 conversations or 10 conversations or five conversations a day, five days a week, month after month after month, like that's your job, then what happens ultimately 90 or 120 or 150 days down the road, now you're just making your five or 10 calls a day or 20 calls a day. And you're not thinking about what I need from these calls, you're just maintaining what you're getting. And now you're getting like real fruit from 90, 120, 150 days back and beyond. But most of us never get to that point to see what kind of an amazing world that actually looks like. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll tell you is uh, most people don't do that because they're addicted to comfort. Comfort's the most addictive, <laughs> dangerous drug. It never, it never lets you out. If you never get out of your comfort zone, you never get to experience any of the good stuff because you're, you're stuck being comfortable. And you don't experience a lot of the bad stuff either, right? <laughs> you just stay, you just- Yeah, but, but a lot of the bad thing. stuff is made up in your head. Exactly. A lot I, of the bad stuff's just in your head. I tell my kids that just about anything that they deal with uh, today, whether it's they failed a test or they had something bad happen to them uh, in life with a relationship or something, Six months down the road, you're, you're, most things that are terrible today that keep us up at night, six months from now, we will not remember, and it didn't change our life, you know? So you might as well try to be on the good side of things and make the most out of your life, because this journey, we could go for two hours about that. Life's a journey, and just by doing the same thing every day and just becoming comfortable, um, that's not a great life. So, dude, um, let's talk a bit about your like brokerages. So you you used to be with Keller Williams. Um, you joined EXP uh, last fall. Uh, what you seem like a very uh, well, not seem we're friends. You're a very direct black and white guy um, and you and you see the benefit in things and you usually don't throw a lot of feelings around your choices. You you see things quicker than a lot of people do, I think. And you're very direct. So, and you seem very analytical. What made you start looking at eXp Realty? Um, and how did you end up getting here? Yeah, I mean, um, so I think like most agents, um, I mean, for years, I had kind of heard about eXp. Um, but there's always kind of what a, the stereotype that it wasn't a serious brokerage or whatever. And so I never gave it any, you know, any thought. Um, but it wasn't until, like I said earlier, how I follow a lot of YouTube channels of agents across the country who are putting out good content. Um, I started noticing a lot of them, you know, every couple of months, 
I started noticing them uh, switch from whatever brokerage they were at over to EXP. And that's what actually um, kind of made me start to look at it more seriously. Because um, if people that I take seriously are taking it seriously, then then I should take EXP seriously. So it wasn't until that point where I noticed some of the people that I consider mentors. Um, it wasn't until I started seeing them go over where I was like, okay, I need to look at it for myself now. And, uh, that's, um, and then I, I mean, that's you. kind of, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, um, actually in 2020, I had three agents who were talking to me about EXP and, um, at some point in 2020, I kind of, made the realization that this is the superior brokerage, uh, the superior model, the model of the future. Um, at some point, it will be the number one brokerage by probably every metric, um, sales, agent count, volume. Um, I mean, and there's just so many advantages to be in here. But yeah, I had I had been, I guess, recruited by a few agents last year. And then um, even before you called, I had made the decision that I was going to EXP, but you ended up calling right at a good time. And I thought that um, having you sponsor me was probably the uh, probably the best path to success with with the new company. And, uh, and then I came over. Yeah. Once the model clicks in your head and you understand what this brokerage is about, you, it's just a matter of time before you're here. And it's usually sooner than later. And I think the number one thing I hear from most EXP agents is I wish I had made the move sooner. I wish, looking back on it now, some of the agents that recruited me, I was like, why didn't you recruit me harder? Like, why didn't you, you know, take this model and put it under my nose? Now I know like, as you're being, you know, as you're introducing people to EXP, yeah, you, you don't, don't want to take that aggressive that. approach. But I look back on it and I was like, I needed to be here sooner, but didn't have an open mind at the time. So I guess it happened when it was supposed to. That's the way I look at it. We had our own brokerage for 21 years and, um, and I'm more cynical than you are. I know I am. That's why I didn't move. I mean, I was, we had our own company for a long, long time and I, and I never took it seriously until I started seeing some people that I would like to emulate, you know, like people more successful than I am. Once and that's when it clicked for me because the model itself, there's no way to uh, reject it. If you just look at the pieces of it, you're not you're not going to reject. Oh, someone's going to give me stock. Someone's going to share uh, revenue with me if I help them grow. Uh, they're going to give me access to this huge CRM and training and technology and support and healthcare and a retirement plan, buying stock at a discount. When you look at all that on its own. At, you're going to say yes to that because we don't get that anywhere else. But when holistically, when you're, if you don't trust that it's actually something that is sustainable over time, then you just kind of blow it. You end up blowing it off. But now that so many agents are joining, it's just a matter, I think, probably two years that it's the biggest company. I said three years to someone the other day, and he's like, no way, two years. But who knows whether it's one year, two year, three years, they're going to be the biggest company because it's the only agent centric agent owned national non-franchise real estate company of its size, period. Right. So I'm pretty excited to be here. But like you, it, mm -hmm. 
I say that I wish I would have come sooner because then I'd have some more years of benefits to lean on. But my mind wasn't right before. I wasn't, I wasn't open to it sooner. Things have yeah. to line up. It's like what you, you gotta said. have an open mind. It's like what you said at the beginning of this conversation. You can't, there's certain goals you cannot achieve without you, without personal growth. I, I'll ne never forget my business coach. I remember where I was sitting. It was in 2012. And I think we had done 360 or 80,000 in GCI. It was me and um, a showing agent. And that was pretty much it at the time. And I remember my, my business coach telling me that he thinks that I can do between a half a million and a million dollars a year in, in revenue. And I remember being so angry with him. Like, dude, I, you know, I'm in Northeast Ohio. Uh, I'd have to, I can't sell that many homes. I mean, I just kept giving him all of this pushback to the point where I also can't, I almost canceled uh, my relationship with him because I felt like he was push. I felt like he was pushing me in a direction that I wasn't capable of. And if he was going to continue to give me that kind of stress, then he was the wrong guy in my life. What I didn't realize was, is that he was looking at an overview, an overhead view of me and what he thought I was capable of. And within, so then I ended up hiring Tina and Within two years of that, we were doing over half a million dollars in revenue. And then we, we laughed about it. But there was a period of time where my mind, I did not have the bandwidth to be able to even think on that level. But then once I, you know, once you start growing towards it, your thermostat changes and your baseline changes, then you never go back. We haven't done under a half a million since. See what I'm saying? So uh, that's how we are as humans. You end up getting to certain levels and that's your new normal. But you have to get your head right. You can't just work your tail off and grind every day and throw the flame emojis and the fist, you know, emoji on a Facebook post and expect that to make it happen. It's about being consistent like you. And that's why I have, why I've, I have a lot of respect for you for a lot of reasons. But when I first realized that like what you do every day and it's so it's what you're supposed to do as a realtor and what we all had to do before there was lead generation. But you're, uh, most agents of your age aren't, aren't like so militant about working on their business. And you'll never, you'll always, you're, you're going to just keep making more and more and more money as time goes on because you, you make it so that you can't, you don't have a roller coaster anymore. You, you've made it that way, right? Correct. Yeah. So since you've come to EXP, um, any comments, any, I mean, you've been here. What, what, when did you come again? I don't remember. Was it November? Uh, I think December 1st November. is my, technically is my anniversary date with the company. Any, um, any raw feedback, good things, bad things that you've experienced or things going pretty well, would you say? I haven't really asked you about that lately. Oh, things are great. Um, there's probably like two noticeable, um, I don't know, there were just two things that I really noticed um, when I came over. First of all, um, being a solo agent, I get really like caught up into my own 
business and I have the blinders on. I'm only focused on me and what we're doing. I don't really look at other agents or, um, you know, reach out. Yeah, I don't really connect, network with a lot of them. Um, but so I was in at the yeah. So I was in a very like stale place with my business. Um, and when I came over to EXP, um, EXP was new. Uh, it's exciting. It's on the front line of the business, uh, cutting edge. And basically that just gave like, a, it felt like a bolt of lightning came through my business. And I was like recharged and ready to go back after it and ready to, you know, just take it to a whole nother level. So just being around the, um, the environment that EXP creates, um, just, I mean, it just breathed a huge breath of fresh air into my business. And it was like a whole new like agent emerged. And then the second thing that I would notice, and it kind of like piggybacks on that is um, I noticed that, you know, my old brokerage or any of the other brokerages that I worked at, it was a real estate is a highly competitive business. Um, You have agents who are forming teams to make their numbers look bigger or agents who are advertising, um, you know, how many homes they sell and all this stuff. So it's a very like competitive business and um, you you can get caught up in the comparison, but with the EXP model, because, um, because of the way it's set up, um, especially uh, giving the agents, the ownership in the company. um, And then also with like the revenue share, it basically flipped my perspective of the real estate industry from competitive, which I'm a highly competitive person. Um, to collaborative. And basically it's no longer like how many agents am I going to outsell, but how many agents can I help grow their business too? Because if, you know, they're all here, if we're all together, you know, there's like, was the slogan at EXP, one big fire. If we're all here succeeding together, that helps everybody. So I actually became much more of like an open agent in the sense that, you know, I'll tell any agent, whether they're with EXP or not, exactly what I'm doing to grow my business or whatever I'm doing to just produce at the level I'm producing, which for a solo agent, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. Um, I think you're doing great as a solo was, agent. That was the bit, that was one of the, you know, uh, the breath of fresh air or like the lightning bolt through my business. And then viewing the industry from a uh, collaborative uh, point of view instead of a competitive point of view. Those were like the two big mind shifts that I had when I came over to EXP. And I mean, that's probably the best thing about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can go on on that if you want. Oh, I agree with <laughs> but you. Those are, those are the main ones. The only reason I had a coach, man, was because when you have your own brokerage and you're just selling houses, I mean, for a long time, I was most of our 20 years until 2013. So 13 years, it was me and a showing agent and maybe one person and that's it. So I never saw anybody else. I didn't, there were no awards. I didn't really know what anyone else was doing. I just knew that I wanted to sell hundred homes a year and make enough for my family, you know, so that we could send our kids to private schools. And I never wanted to run out of money and that whole freaky thing that I go through. Cause I'm scared to death of failing. And, um, but that's all I did. So I hired a coach in 08 because I needed some outside force to 
help me get better instead of just being in my own head every day. But when we joined, and I got better about that because now that I've had a team uh, for a number of years, I focus on helping them and wanting them to do better. Uh, but coming to EXP, and I've always got along well with other agents, and I always try to help young agents, mainly because I got no help. When I was 19, I got in the business, nobody wanted to help me. They, they all thought I'd fail. They, no one thought that I'd be any good. And when I got to be 25 and I was selling like 60 houses a year, um, they all alienated me because then I was selling more homes than them. So now, so then they didn't want to talk to me for different reasons, right? Because I was doing better than they were. So they resented me for it. But when we had our own brokerage, when we came over to EXP, I suddenly felt like I'm, I wanted to use my 34 years of experience to help other agents. And because you know, you can look at it from the outside and say, yeah, but you're, you know, you're only doing that so that you can make money. Say what you will. The financial alignment that EXP provides, they do that. They, they, they do that on purpose because everyone's financially aligned and I want you to win and you want everyone to win because we're all financially aligned business partners. So people on the outside can, can say whatever they want. But the fact of the matter is it creates forced collaboration because you want everybody in your organization to, to thrive and be the best that they can be, right? Yeah, it flipped the traditional real estate brokerage model on its head, and it's never going back. 100%. Well, listen, dude, um, I would advise anyone who listened to this who wants to get better at taking control of their business to listen to this a couple of times, because I think that uh, Justin laid out his roadmap and he's a very black and white guy. Uh, none of this is uh, rocket science. Um, if you make an effort to be consistent and take each day on this planet seriously and just block out a few hours so that you look back six months from now, one analogy I used with my kids now that they're both adults is be the person that you're six months down the road person. When you hand off that baton to them, don't have them look at you and say, thanks a lot. Have them be excited to take that baton from you. So whatever you're doing right now to move in the right direction so that when you run into your six months from now self, make sure that you can look them in the eye and not by just sitting around. Yeah. Right? The other thing that they <clears throat> say at EXP is all, uh, this is a Tony Robbins line. Uh, Rising tides raises all, raise all ships. And that's what happens here. And that's uh, pretty exciting for me. Listen, man, you've been great. I want to, I know you got to get back to work. And uh, this has been a great, fully, uh, lots of content in this uh, episode. And I'm, gl I'm glad that, that you took the time to be with us. Well, thanks for having me, man. I mean, it was good talking with you. And anyone who's listening, I mean, if you guys ever want to talk further about business, you know, my door is always open. Just reach out to me. How does, uh, what's the best way for someone to reach you? I mean, I don't know. Look me up on Facebook or Instagram or something. Messenger I mean, sure. Or, uh, yeah, that's a good one. All right. Good. Yeah. yeah we'll take I mean, him up on my it. Phone number out if you want. <laughs> I don't want the phone number all over the internet, but, um, look, look, Justin Jurisic is J U R C A K Justin. And, uh, we're in Ohio and, uh, take him up on it. Cause he's really good. All right, man. Thank, thank you very you. much. All right. Have a good one. Will.
Thanks for listening, everybody. And please give us a, uh, if you like this show, please give us a review on iTunes and Spotify. It helps us out. Have a great day. I hope you liked this episode of the Building Stronger Agents podcast. Please give us a review and share our show with your friends. We will continue to interview the very best in the business to see what makes them thrive in this market and beyond.